Welcome. This is the Real Estate Investing Mastery Podcast. Hey guys, how you doing? Gavin Timms here with REI Network. If you are watching on YouTube, go and like and subscribe to the YouTube channel. If you're watching on the REI Network podcast, make sure you subscribe there as well. We're going to have a lot more episodes coming out. I'm excited today what I'm going to talk about. But before I do so, I just want to give you a couple of giveaways. Firstly, if you are looking for a lead sheet, something to track the leads while you're traveling, while you're on the phone, okay, something that you can take a picture and send to your VA, go to reinetwork.com slash lead sheet, reinetwork.com slash lead sheet. I'm actually uh, got one right here. So make sure you go and get that. Also, uh, I get a lot of questions who I use for skip tracing. Um, so I want to answer that right now, which is uh, backskiptracing.com. Uh, if you use the code Gavin, okay, you will get 20% off. So make sure you use the code Gavin, backskiptracing.com. For me, it's the best in the business in terms of skip tracing. That's what I use. We've done over hundreds of thousands of dollars using it. So again, I don't ask you to do anything that I'm not doing. Also, they have another platform as well called Batch Leads IO. If you want to go and check that out for list stacking, sending text messages. It's really cool as well. Uh, Batch leads io batchleads.io slash gavin uh, one dollar is going to give you 500 uh, text messages to to test that out as well so batchleads.io slash gavin so check both of them out it depends if you just need the skip tracing or you need the you know the text in the list stacking but really really cool so uh, go and check that out okay so what i want to talk to you about today is making multiple offers and the positioning of multiple offers now this is really really important because a lot a lot of people in the industry that's going to be listening to this is that, well, I just know how to make one offer. I just know, know how to make one cash offer. And you'll hear in the where you're leaving, there's so many leads that you're leaving behind because you don't know how to make multiple offers. Okay. And a lot of you are in training for that. You know, you might have, you know, the lease option course or an owner finance course because you don't want to be leaving them, them leads on the table. But then it's how do we actually position these, these different offers? And that's kind of what I want to come to today right? When you're having conversations with a seller, one of the main things that you need to do in sales is to listen, okay? You're using, by asking questions, you're using the information given to you and transitioning and translating that back accordingly to the offers that you need to make. So for instance, if I'm doing three offers, let's say in these three offers, it's going to be a cash offer, a sandwich lease option, an assignment lease option, okay? In these three options that I want to give. And I'm talking to a lead, maybe a for sale by owner on Zillow, and he is not really motivated. He just wants to sell the property. He's not really interested in talking with me. He's not, we're not really getting anywhere, right? Then I'm going to make three offers, okay? And I'm going to do it fast. So what I, what I try and get my clients to do is if the motivation is not there, the faster it is that you need to make the offer. So that's kind of a rough gauge. So, I mean, I'm talking, it could take you three minutes to make an offer. If there's zero motivation, you want to get an offer out because remember, they can always call you back. One of my clients, Gigi, just did one for 24,000 exact way. She offered 20,000 less, 22,000 less than what the seller wanted. He said, absolutely no way. Five weeks later, calls back, gets the contract she wanted and she made 24,000. Okay, so 
you should always, always make an offer. But it's looking at the speed and your time. What we need to do, or what we need to make sure we're not doing, is taking 30, 45 minutes to make an offer when they're not motivated. Because we're spending too much time with a non-motivated seller. Now, in saying that, what is motivation? How do you know if they're motivated, right? And normally there's four things that we kind of look for, which is the situation, which is going to lead to motivation by knowing their situation, the time frame that they want something to happen, the price of what they want, and the condition that the property's in. Okay, these are the four kind of pillars that we need to like get information on. And I do a lot of cold calling. We have a cold calling script our VAs use to light pre-screen the sellers so they come into the pipeline for us then to as acquisition to then speak to. Now, in our cold calling script, we're not just saying close fast, pay cash, pay cash, because we have multiple offers. If there's urgency there, they're interested in offer, they're interested in selling, we then need to listen and look at the ways that we can best position our offers to make sense for the seller and actually get a deal done. So... So moving on, you know, it, it more in depth in this is another situation. Let's say we have a conversation with a tired landlord, right? So it's a rental property they've had for years. They're now out of state. They're over it. And, uh, you know, they've had bad tenants and they, and they just want out. They just want to sell it. Okay. So the options that are going to be available based on the scenario and the situation that we've just been given by the seller, by listing, taking notes, is that he's motivated. He's over it. Uh, he wants to sell. Okay, so we know that there's urgency there. Time frame, sell it now. Okay, but he wants too much of a price. So the price is kind of the sticking point in, in this scenario. So let's look at the three offers, right? Forget owner finance. Remember, I'm just picking the three that I mentioned. You can bring owner finance into play at any time. Um, but on these three offers, we have a cash offer, a sandwich lease option where we stay in the middle of the deal. Okay, we make money on the front. We cash flow. We make money on the back end of the deal. Or we could do an assignment lease option. Now, the assignment lease option is where you are signing the tenant buyer and the seller together. Now, we've just been told by the seller that he's over it. He, he don't want to deal with it anymore. He just wants to sell, but he's stuck on a price. So the assignment lease option is not solving his problem because we're assigning him back to a tenant and he doesn't want that. He doesn't want to deal with it. So he's over it. So that offer is no use to the seller right now, right now, this minute in time. So I don't even put that on there. The two offers that I'm going to make based on this scenario, okay, is a cash offer and a sandwich lease option offer because a cash offer, I can cash you out and we can make all this go away at a certain price. But again, his price is the sticking point or Miss seller, you can rent it to me for a year or two with me having the option to buy it at X amount, which is more than the cash offer, and I'm going to be the one responsible for it. So I'm also taking that away from his plate as well, and he gets more money. So he, he, even though I'm not a normal tenant, I'm an investor, so I can actually maybe make this scenario work if he wants more money. Then it comes down to, no, no, I just want to get rid of it. So now we're going back to the cash offer, and then we put them on to a follow-up sequence until we get the deal done. Okay, so that would be another scenario of, of playing with them offers, okay, and actually using them. When do I make one, two, or three offers? And the answer is always in the conversation with the seller. So listening to what the seller needs, relating it back to your offers, 
and then making the offer accordingly. So if it's no motivation whatsoever, nothing's happening, we're not getting anywhere, we make all three, we move on, we take the zest on Zillow and we do our formulas of cash offer. You know, it might be 65%, it might be 70, 75, depending on what area you're in. Then we do a sandwich lease option. We want 15 to 20% equity on the back end. So again, we do our formula on that or we can give them what they want in the assignment. We put it together, we send it, no motivation, send the offer, put them onto a follow-up sequence, okay? Now, in the flip side of this, let's say that now we get on the phone to a seller and he knows I'm an investor, okay? And the first thing that he does is he gets mad because I'm an investor, I'm the 19th person calling, and he goes kind of on the attack at me, and we need to control this situation as fast as possible and shut them down. So, for instance, what we would do, hey, Mr. Seller, uh, this is Gavin, I've seen your property, I'm, da, da, da. I'm an investor. As soon as I come out with that word, he goes, oh, you're an investor, I'm not interested, you're just going to give me a lowball offer. Right. And as soon as that comes out, I'm going to try and interject and say, actually, I'm not Mr. Seller. Um, I do buy houses cash, but that's not what I'm actually trying to do here. And then he will go, well, oh, you're not. And then all of a sudden the guard is dropped through that, that one comment and going, hey, actually, I'm looking to see if you'd be interested in renting it for a year or two and then selling it. So I'm now transitioning. Okay, so he's obviously got a problem with the cash offer. Now I'm transitioning into, you know, renting it, maybe an owner finance, maybe, you know, a lease option, but I'm keeping it very simple. Hey, will you rent to me for a year or two with me having the option to buy? How does that sound? Would that work? Maybe, uh, how uh, you know, can you tell me more? And then the conversation obviously will start. Now, when I make the offers on this, I'm not going to make the cash offer because it obviously upsets him, right? So in that instance, I'm only going to make maybe one offer of a sandwich lease option or depend on how the conversation went along with the assignment lease option, okay? So I can play with the offers based on the circumstances of the seller. Sometimes though, if they don't have that reaction, I and this is the this is my favorite thing is that when I know what they want, I will use a backup offer to to make the offer that is gonna that we want to do look better. So, for instance, if I think okay on this scenario, he wants too much money, he's interested in renting to me, he doesn't want to do deal with any tenants anymore. So we're really lying with the sandwich lease option. Okay, so if I want to pair that with another offer, it's gonna be the cash offer, and why? Because the cash offer is lower so the sandwich lease option now positions better with the cash offer paired with it because it positions my lease option to go oh hold on i get another x amount of thousands 25 30,000 here doing this way rather than this cash offer it helps position the sandwich lease option and that's how i would then pair that together so Hopefully this isn't too confusing as you listen to this. You might have to go back over it again to understand these different scenarios. And we could be here all day, you know, creating these things. And then the genius thing is behind this, guys, that if you can get in with a sandwich lease option and then the price or the terms are the sticking point, you can then quite easily transition into an assignment lease option, right, and get the contract signed. Because we're always positioning as investors, especially if you don't have your license, that you are staying in the middle of the deal you are looking you know to stay in the middle of these deals then if the numbers don't work you can then transition into an assignment lease option to say they might say hey Gavin look your offer seems I really like what you're doing but I just I need more money or the rent's too low and uh, I, I need to I need to get more money for to make this work right so they like the concept of the sandwich lease option they like how it works 
but the price is the problem. So now I can transition into the assignment lease option. This offer has never been made yet, right? But I'm gonna now say, okay, David, uh, let's say, so I understand that, you know, I'm at 175 and you want 200,000, right? He's like, yeah, I really, you know, want 200. And, you know, I know I offered you 1200 in rent and, and you really want 15, right? And he'll say, yeah, and I'll say, I don't know if I can do it, David, to be honest. I'm really not sure if I can make this work. I might be able to do one thing. I won't have to look at it. Let me just say if, I'm not saying I can do this, but let's say I could get you the 200,000 and the 1500 in rent. If that was a possibility, what would you say then? What would you want to do? And then I'd just stay quiet. And what I'm looking for, well, I'd do it. Okay, so now all of a sudden I've just got an agreement on an assignment lease option. Okay, um, so as I go down that, I will actually get that contract signed and then we'll start moving in that direction, right? So the positioning is really key in the offers. So just to recap this one more time, and we've not even got to owner finance, you know, owner finance, sub two. I mean, there's so many ways that you can do it. I would prefer anything from one to three offers personally and then in to change them accordingly based on the conversation with the seller. So for instance, house is free and clear, wants too much money, I'm thinking owner finance. That's where my head is going and I'm gonna ask questions accordingly to see, you know, if that's the, if that's the case, if they wanna act uh, for the, you know, as the bank for so many years with a bloom payment or something like that, then that will be part of my offer. Okay, um, so you can really play with these guys and actually use your offers, but at the same time, make fast offers. If there's no motivation, get the offer, take the, the Zillow, Zest. I know not everyone teaches it. I know it's not right, but you also have no motivation. So you're not getting anywhere anyway. Let's get the offer out. Let's put them on a follow-up sequence. Remember, 90% of the deals that I do come from follow-up. So why am I gonna spend an hour of my time trying to make an offer that I already know is gonna say no, right now. No means not now. And all we're doing when we put them on that follow-up sequence is actually waiting or looking for the situation to change, right? Taking good notes in the CRM, setting a task, setting up some automation if you're using it, okay? And then when you get back on the phone, has anything changed since we last spoke, Mr. Seller? And you can be in and out within a minute, build good rapport, and it's all about the seller to get back off the call. So for instance, it would be, hey John, how you doing? This is Gavin. We spoke 30 days ago, 30 days ago. Uh, you, have you got a minute? Oh yeah, Gavin, how you doing? Yeah, look, I just wanted to check in. I know we talked about your house and uh, I made you an offer and it wasn't going to work for you at that time. I just wanted to see if anything had changed. Oh no, we're still trying to sell it. And this is where the how their response is, was it different to their attitude before? So before it was like, no, I'm selling it. I'm not doing anything. I'm not taking anything less. Now is it more of a softer, well, I thought it'd sell. Um, I really thought it'd go by now and it hasn't, but I'm pretty confident it still will. So what's happening now is we're moving in the right direction. So at this point, I've got to, I've, I've touched the seller again. Okay. And now I've got to work back off the phone because again, your time is, is important to get onto your next phone call. So the way to do that, now I understand and look, seems like a great house. I'm, I'm sure it's going to sell. Just want to check in. We're still interested in it. You know, if anything changes, uh, give us a call. If you don't mind, I'll, I'll check in with you in, in, in a couple of weeks. How does that sound? Yeah, no problem, Gavin. Yeah, that's great. You know, give us a call. I appreciate you following up. And then we're back out, right? So, you, you can do multiple lead-ins from that, 
really looking at that conversation from the last time was the kid sick the dog was ill all these things that you can go when you're leading hey yeah, hey uh, just checking in about wanting hey before I ask you a question how's the dog doing oh he's much better now yeah it was oh thank you so much for asking again this is instant rapport and actually building you know a rapport with a seller is going to take you above everybody else in the marketplace because no one else is doing it right and then through follow up what we try and do is that we want people to do business with us and that's what our goal is we want to go if we're going to sell this or we're going to do anything we're going to do business with you and we want them saying that without us actually saying hey will you do business and start trying to do the, the hard sell okay so anyway guys hopefully that helps um, if you're interested in uh, you know working with me we do have a coaching program go to rinetwork.com slash coaching if you want the free downloads you know check out the website and the links that I've given you and uh, hopefully this helps and uh, you might have to watch this episode again to see how these offers actually position uh, I do have have some uh, role plays on the channel and on the podcast that you can check out uh, going over this kind of stuff how to position a lease option is one of them so make sure you go and check that video and uh, like and subscribe i appreciate you all have a good day and uh, i'll talk to you soon thanks bye